0: You're listening to The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman, and I'm Julie Bastide. If you're a first-time listener, we especially welcome you. This ministry's mission is to encourage and equip workplace Christians to take seriously their opportunity to be ambassadors for Jesus on their jobs. Mary, you've seen changes in these years. What would you say has been the most dramatic change?
1: Mm, Well, I think it would have to be the way electronics has overtaken our world and our ways of communicating. Mm. I mean, life before the Internet and email and Facebook and podcast and Zoom, etc., is almost unthinkable to us anymore, isn't it? But the good news is that in this changing world, our foundation in Christ is steadfast and sure. And the truth of God's Word is unchanging and timeless. Mm. I see your topic today is bloom where you're planted. That's a familiar quote. Right. And do you know where it's found in the Bible, Julie? I mean, is it in the Psalms, or did Jesus say it? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I think this is a trick question. I'm fairly (laughs) certain that it's not in the Bible, right? (laughs) Couldn't fool you. You're right. You won't find that exact phrase in the Bible, but you will find the principle it teaches very clearly given in Scripture. So that's what I want to talk about today. Okay, great. Let's talk about blooming where we're planted. It's true that the Bible often reinforces this idea that we are to bloom where we are planted. When the Apostle Paul said we should learn to be content no matter what our circumstances, he was saying, bloom where you're planted. When Jesus said not to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow would take care of itself, he was saying, bloom where you're planted. In writing to the Corinthian Christians, Paul said, nevertheless, Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. He was admonishing these new believers to bloom where they were planted. Recently, I had an opportunity to talk to a senior citizen, Betty, in her late 80s, who is blooming where she's planted. Betty is a widow and a mom of three grown children, lots of grandchildren. She's a Jesus lover from way back, and at this stage in her life, she is finding creative ways to reach out to others with the love of Jesus. Betty's husband died after a very long illness where she was his main caregiver, so she spent many years simply taking care of his needs. Now that she lives alone and can still drive, she's found a way to continue to share the love of Jesus with others. She goes to the grocery store every day. She said, that way I don't have to carry heavy bags if I just get a few things each day. And then I just go up and down the aisles of the store to see who God puts in my path that day. (laughs) Betty uses her daily trips to the grocery store as a way to meet people, to offer encouragement, even to pray for people, and just let them know that Jesus loves them. She said that almost every day she has an opportunity to speak to someone usually strangers, and simply offer a moment of caring and concern. She has story after story of the people she has met in this way and how blessed she is to have this ministry. You know, Betty didn't complain about the effects of growing older or the fact that she was alone now or the aches and pains that occur at her age. She is just blooming where she is bringing joy and a ray of hope to many people who just happen to shop for groceries where she does. So what does it mean to bloom where you are planted? Let's just break that down word by word. It begins with the word bloom, which is a verb, an action word, and it implies that you have to be intentional about this. Blooming means producing something beautiful. So the first word, bloom, is a directive, something you must do. For those of us who are Christ followers, the Bible says we are in the process of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. In other words, if you've made that decision to put your trust in Christ, and you've been born from above through the forgiveness of your sins and the acceptance of his free gift of righteousness, you have the privilege to become more and more like Jesus to think like him and talk like him and act like him, to have his attitudes and his compassion and his love. And this transformation is possible because we have the Spirit of Christ living within us. That's how we know we have been born from above. So we are empowered to bloom because of the Holy Spirit within us. But the truth is, we have to cooperate with the Spirit. We must be intentional about blooming. Throughout the New Testament, believers are admonished to do their part in this blooming process, in this transformation that should be taking place within us. For instance, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And to the Christians in Colossae, he said, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. So you and I must be willing to bloom, and that means we must nourish our lives with the bread of life, with God's Word, with fellowship and Bible teaching, all the things that will feed the soil of our souls so that we're able to bloom. Blooms don't just happen, do they? (laughs) If you want flowers to bloom, you will nourish them, water them, give them plant food. In the same way, if we're going to bloom for Jesus, we will need to nourish our souls regularly. Would you just take a moment and think about how much you nourished your soul this past week? How much time did you commit to intentionally feeding your spirit? If you could mentally add up the hours you spent reading your Bible and praying, worshiping in church, participating in a Bible study, fellowshipping with other believers, reading good books and other biblical material, and any other time you spent taking in spiritual food, would it be more than one or two hours this past week? Would it be as much as one hour every day? You know, when I stop and think about it that way, I recognize that I can let a day go by without feeding my soul very much at all. There's just no shortcut here. If you and I want to bloom where we are planted, we have to have a consistent, nourishing plan for our souls. Because blooming requires spiritual food. And then it says where you are. Do you often have the attitude that you would do so well if only you were in other circumstances? A different job, a better house, a more understanding mate, better behaved children, enough money, better health, just give you better circumstances, solve some of your problems, and then you can bloom. Instead of bloom where you are planted, you may be thinking, put me in better soil and then I'll bloom. Some years ago, a good friend was planted in a job where some of her co-workers were unfriendly and prejudicial toward her. Instead of lowering herself to their level or being angry or vengeful, after much prayer, God led her to begin what she called Project Love, intentionally inviting these co-workers to have lunch with her and in that way breaking down the barriers between them. It wasn't long before those same people got to know my friend, saw in her the love of Jesus, and soon came to appreciate her, and that was the beginning of some long and good friendships. She bloomed where she was. Just this week, a family member related to me that she was in a job where everybody just griped and complained all day. There seemed to be lots to complain about, and this negative complaining atmosphere is at epidemic levels and has been for quite a long time. But she just decided, I'm not going to join the gripers and complainers anymore. I'm going to go to work each day with a positive attitude and a joyful spirit, and I'm not going to let them bring me down. So she's blooming right there like a ray of sunshine in a very unpleasant environment. Have you ever seen a crocus coming up and blooming through snow? My husband and I were talking about how hardy those flowers are. And living up here in snow country, we've seen them peek their heads up through the snow and start blooming even without warm spring weather. That's what my niece is doing. She's peeking up through the negative cold atmosphere where she works and blooming right there, right there where she's planted. So how about you? Do you feel like a crocus in a snowstorm? Try to bloom in the midst of difficult and discouraging people or a cold or hostile environment. It's not easy. But the Apostle Paul was continually in those kind of difficult situations, far worse than anything you and I will ever experience. He was able to say, I know what it is to be in need, I know what it is to have plenty, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Note that he had learned the secret of being content. Contentment does indeed seem to be a secret that not many people have discovered. Do you know many people who you would describe as very contented? How about yourself? Do you know the secret of being content? Have you learned it? Far too often we believe that contentment is linked to what we do or what we have, and our expectations keep moving higher and higher, so that when we get that something we thought would make us contented, it doesn't last very long, and so we try for something more. This secret is really quite simple, not easy, but simple. The secret of contentment is learning to be satisfied with what you have and with who you are. It's an attitude adjustment that you must intentionally make, and you don't just make it once and for all. Honestly, for most of us, it's a daily attitude adjustment because we can so easily slide back into the more is better attitude and lose the secret of contentment. Here's another description of the secret of contentment, which Paul gave the church in Thessalonica. Always be joyful, never stop praying, give thanks no matter what happens. God wants you to thank him because you believe in Jesus Christ. A contented person will be a thankful person, giving thanks no matter what happens. And the last word in this is planted. Bloom where you are planted. When something's planted, it's placed there intentionally, right? It's not just a wild flower springing up on a mountainside. Someone's gone to the trouble of preparing a spot, a place where this seed can be planted. Being planted implies that something outside of itself had a purpose for putting that plant in that place. You know, where you are now is where God has planted you. Oh, there may have been all kinds of circumstances, good and bad, that have brought you to the spot where you are now planted, but God has this marvelous way of taking us where we are and preparing the soil for us, even there, so that we can bloom where we are planted. If you are not contented today with where you are planted, I want to urge you to learn the secret of contentment. Learn to be content and thankful. Find ways of service right where you are. I had to come to the place years ago where I was contented to be a single person. I began to nurture my soul and put God first in my life, and little by little, I truly learned to be content. Oh, not all day, every day. I had and still have moments of discontent. But in the most important ways, I learned the secret of being content, and that changed everything. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying today. If you want the peace and joy that only Jesus can give, learn to be content. Bloom where you are planted and let go of your idols. The things you believe will make you content. Those are truly idols of our lives Whatever idols are in your life, they are deceiving you. They will never bring contentment. So let them go and give God permission to control your life and learn the secret of being content. I promise you, you will never regret it. Mary, these are good thoughts for all of us today. I know you're planning to continue this topic of bloom where you're planted again next week. Well, I just have a few more things I want to say (laughs) about it, Julie. So I will add some thoughts then. I just want to help people grasp this life-changing truth of learning to bloom where you're planted.
0: Mm, I'm sure we'll all want to hear your further thoughts on this topic. Thanks for sharing with us so openly today. It helps to hear your story, and I'm sure many of our listeners have been challenged by this message today. Remember that copies of Mary's devotionals are always available online at ChristianWorkingWoman.org. Or, if you prefer, you can receive them in your inbox. You can sign up to receive a free daily encouragement devotional in your email Monday through Friday. Just visit our website to register. And let the Christian Working Woman add encouraging content to your social media newsfeed. We share scripture and positive resources to boost your faith and confidence throughout the day. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. These are ways you can nurture and feed your soul, as Mary was talking about earlier. So check out our resources at christianworkingwoman.org. And it is our privilege to pray for you. You can share your request with us through our website or give us a call at 630-462-0552. I'm Julie Bastide saying so long for Mary Lohman and the Christian Working Woman.